There are only two players at the table, and they're not even looking at their hands. They're taking a shot with their hearts in the pot, while the dealer's off smoking with the guards. There are only two players at the table, both playing like aces in the hole. Is it all just a bluff? Are they really that tough? See your heart. Raise you my soul. If you've seen the documentary The Hot Shoe, you might recognize that audio clip. That was the bishop, Arnold Snyder, giving a speech at a wedding ceremony. Well, on June 6th of this year, the blackjack community lost a giant when Arnold Snyder passed away. As recently as two years ago, Arnold Snyder was publishing books that were revealing strategies that are affecting the way APs attack the game to this day. Only a year ago, he spoke at one of our blackjack boot camps, and he was sharing shuffle tracking strategies with us that he said he's not explained in any of his books. And the last time I talked to him less than a year ago, he invited me over to his house to show me more shuffle tracking techniques that he's never publicly revealed. Unfortunately, I didn't get the chance to take him up on the offer. We wanted to take an opportunity to share a brief tribute to Arnold Snyder, and we have some stories from Max Rubin, Stan Podolak, Anthony Curtis, and Tommy Highland. If you've ever met Arnold, you'll appreciate the stories, and if you haven't, these will give you a glimpse into how profound his impact was on beating the game. Here's Max Rubin on Arnold Snyder's immense impact on AP Blackjack. Arnold never went to college. He grew up in Detroit and headed west and became a mailman. And he walked around carrying the mail and worked long enough to get his retirement, and then he left, and then he came to Vegas. But he worked up there for 20 years up in the uh, Oakland area and delivered mail door to door. And he was doing all of this while he was delivering the mail. He thought about how you could beat it. He taught himself math. He figured out some really interesting things for me, a standard deviation calculator, a thing called the math of luck. He came up with a lot of ways to reduce complicated math into easily understood concepts. And that's not easy to do. And he did that for the blackjack community. Prior to the internet and prior to blogs and all the rest of this, Arnold was the keeper of the information and he published the information. He had Blackjack Forum magazine that was his and he began publishing that in the very early 80s. And he came up with so many interesting concepts, but he broke his first analysis of Blackjack and he broke it into five elements. And one was the number of decks in play. And it gave you the advantage that the house would gain virtually nothing with a single deck. They'd gain 0.31% with a double deck and so on with the rules and why they were important. And he wrote a very simple five-page paper on why this worked. And he talked about the rules. He talked about the number of players at the table, that one player would play 200 hands an hour, up to seven players would play 65, but landed around five with 100 players. So you're getting 100 hands an hour. And it made sense. And then he got into what is depth, and depth is so powerful, and people didn't understand it, and the pros argued with him, mathematicians argued with him, but he proved that if you take a single deck and deal it five cards deeper, that you have a 100% greater chance of winning. You will double the money you make if they deal five cards deeper. On a six-deck shoe, if they cut out one-and-a-half decks or one deck. So if you're going four and a half or you're going five decks that you're playing, you make twice as much money with that extra half a deck that was cut off. And nobody believed it. And he was telling this in 1981, 1982. And people started believing him and they started understanding how valuable penetration was for a game. And he kept this up, but he became the center 
of the blackjack universe, and this lasted from the 80s until the mid-90s when the Internet came out. And then all the things that you see today were out there, but he was the keeper of everything. And what's really sad is he lost everything he had in a fire, in the great Oakland fire that happened in the early 90s, and burned his house to the ground. He had the world's largest collection of blackjack memorabilia, and nothing was left. There was not a thing left in his house. But his contributions are many, and we can talk about a couple. He popularized the unbalanced count. He came up with the red sevens count, and it was the first unbalanced count that led Olaf Van Cura and Ken Fuchs to come up with knockout blackjack, which is the second most popular counting system in the country right now. It's an unbalanced count, which is born of that red sevens. So they're either using the high-low, the Wong high-low, or they're using the knockout blackjack, and Arnold was responsible for that. He was great at it. He came out with black belt and blackjack, but he has a number of books out there, and he contributed so many things. He came up with something called depth charging. And that was utilizing extraordinary index plays and not spreading that much. I was part of some depth chargers long, long ago, and we only spread one to two units. And we could play with up to a half a percent edge. And we were spreading, let's say, two hands of 1,500 by two hands of 3,000 and locking up the table and making some index plays that were off the rails. But Arnold came up with that whole concept of depth charging. And, I mean, if you look at the pieces that have made money for people out there, Arnold has been responsible in kind of the trip switch for many, many of the things that made people tens of millions of dollars over the years. And I just thought it was important that we focus on how important Arnold was to the growth of the advantage play industry, and particularly blackjack. And this is a small sample of some of the things he brought to the game where he fundamentally changed the way people played blackjack to make a living. Here's BJA member and full-time advantage player Stan Podolak on Arnold's impact on his AP career. In Arnold Snyder's most recent book, Radical Blackjack, he begins the first chapter on shuffle tracking by talking about his experience at the BJA party we had a few years ago. He met a few guys who were playing full-time and tracking shuffles. They talked about how the games in Vegas no longer exist, and they were having to go off the beaten path to find games. Well, that was me and Nichols. It was a thrill meeting him and talking shop. Because of this experience, I know it's possible to stay motivated and excited about blackjack for an entire lifetime. When I heard he passed away, I was gearing up for a trip to one of my favorite games. I decided to dedicate the next session to him, and the only way to do that is to go all out. So I bet more than I ever have. I spread from 100 bucks to two hands of 3,000. The game had a great shuffle. I was up over 250K at the casino already, and of course, I get clobbered in the beginning, and by the eighth hour, I found myself down around 90K. I had to pause the game to run up to my hotel room to get more cash at one point. Thankfully, it swung back up. I really quickly, I finished around even after 10 hours and called it a day. It's crazy to think that those swings would have been small potatoes compared to some of the stuff he was playing back in the day. I doubt I'll ever get to bet six hands at 10,000, but if I do, I'll be thinking of Arnold Snyder. Black Belt and Blackjack lit a fire in me in the very beginning to train hard and learn everything I can about the game. Blackjack wisdom is a must read. It humbled me and showed me what it means to love what you do. And Radical Blackjack has the power to flip on a light switch in the creative mind of any AP trying to get the money out. R.I.P. Bishop. Blackjack Hall of Famer Anthony Curtis, who is also the owner of Las Vegas Advisor and runs Huntington Press, was able to publish Arnold's last book, Radical Blackjack. Here's Anthony sharing his favorite story about Arnold Snyder. 
Regarding Arnold Snyder, I mean, everybody knows what he's done in Blackjack and uh, the influence he's had. What a lot of people don't realize is what a great writer he is. I've read him for years. Obviously, he started with Blackjack Forum, and I've been his publisher on a number of books. His first book, Black Belt and Blackjack, was highly influential with new ideas like The Unbalanced Count and, and various other things. For me, his book, Radical Blackjack, was, was kind of his final opus. I guess it was his opus. And the thing about Arnold is what a great writer he was. You know, there's a lot of guys who are good at blackjack. They can't get the words down. Arnold certainly could. I'm not sure how complimentary this is to Arnold. Arnold was pretty long-winded. He liked to talk. Once he was addressing the blackjack ball, he was given the chore of talking about the nominees for the Hall of Fame. And he just went on and on and on. I don't know how long it was, but everybody in the audience was starting to look at one another going, I mean, it was good stuff. He was talking, <laughs> he was, you know, talking about each nominee very in-depth, you know, the things that they had had done to qualify. And finally, when he ended and he began to walk off stage, his foot got caught up in the microphone cord and the mic stand fell down onto the floor. Well, you know, Arnold untangled himself and got off and Max Rubin walked up. Max runs the blackjack ball. Max picked up the microphone stand and uh, just off the top of his head looked out at the audience and he said, even the microphone fell asleep. <laughs> And the whole place just absolutely erupted because everybody was pretty much thinking the same thing. Anyway, that was my favorite Arnold Snyder story. He took it in good stride. He was a good sport. We're going to miss him for a lot of reasons, the writing among it. Tommy Highland was also willing to share with us a great story about Arnold. Here's Tommy. Probably my favorite memory of Arnold Snyder is when he was our expert witness in the infamous Windsor Blackjack case. The Windsor Casino accused our players of fraud. You know, the silly charge. They thought we had a computer, and then when we didn't, they decided to charge them with fraud because they were acting like strangers and were actually playing together. And, you know, the silly charge is anybody that uh, knows anything about blackjack. But we actually had to go to trial for this, and Arnold was our expert witness. And he absolutely was unflappable up there on the witness stand. He shredded every ridiculous theory that the prosecutor had. And there was a three-day uh, trial, and by the time the trial was over, we had the whole town of Windsor on our side, largely because of Arnold and how well he explained the game of blackjack and how it was a contest, you know, where both sides were trying to win. And we just had a good time. We were hanging up, even though it was a serious situation, having Arnold there, you know, made everything better. And, you know, we were so reassured because of his eloquence up on that witness stand. I don't think people appreciated what a good storyteller he was and how well he could explain things verbally. So uh, I'm going to miss him a lot. I was fortunate that I got to talk to him several times times in the last year, and yeah, we're all going to miss him. I first attended the Blackjack Ball in 2009, and I recognized Arnold right away when I saw him in the room. But other than introducing myself, I didn't really talk to him, but I do remember he was very friendly and welcoming. As Stan Podolak mentioned, over the years we've had a couple BJA anniversary parties, and Arnold has been willing to come by. I remember at one of them, the 10-year BJA anniversary party, I created these ridiculous games. One of them was cutting a 24-deck shoe. So you'd pull a random number of decks out of a bowl, like 14 and a half decks, and then try to cut exactly that spot in this 24-deck shoe I'd built. Here I've got the author of the Shuffle Tracking Cookbook playing my stupid game, but he was a good sport and he played and then he hung around and talked with myself and some of the other guests. 
I would have imagined that I would get the chance to come over to his house and hear some of his stories of six-figure rounds of blackjack and undisclosed shuffle tracking strategies, and that we would be able to catch up at the blackjack ball for years to come. Unfortunately, I won't get that chance, but I am thankful for the opportunities I did get to meet and learn from him, as well as the blackjack legacy he's left behind. Rest in peace, Arnold.